We've been watching a real chilling transformation of American society, and it's one that we have really never dreamed possible in this country. And it's one that nobody openly asked for. As we now approach the two-year mark of the world's first political pandemic, we are still seeing no signs of any governmental relenting of the pressure to conform to its lawless mandates and all of its ungodly pursuits. What we are seeing is a growing rift in our country that has been intentionally caused by the manipulation of facts and outright lies about a mere virus. Now, everyone knows that's a front, but because of this battle for truth, we have seen a deep divide that has been cultivated in our great nation. And the United States of America has in reality now become the divided states of America. This division has very serious consequences. It affects every one of us. And we do need to take a good hard look at the real and potential costs of this schism. What lies ahead for the 50 states of our union, we really don't know. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip on Unity Without Compromise. Today, I wish to discuss the sobering thoughts on a divided states of America. Most people are probably pretty grateful about this time of year for the approaching end to an absolute year of living hell. I don't think that many people will look back on 2021 as being in any way a good year. It's more of a year defined by George Orwell's 1984, which is no longer fiction in America. We have actually seen American freedom dissipate rapidly right before our eyes. What were once considered rights are now privileges, according to the state. And we now have a right that is denied us to breathe fresh air, to choose our own destiny, and to come and go as we please. To raise a family, for example, as we see fit, is a basic human right but no longer is it declared so by the government in America. We once had a right to decide what happens to our own bodies, but our government is doing its best right now to take these from us. If you just think about doing something as simple as planning a trip, you know, it's not like it used to be. We used to think about all the fun destinations we might choose to go to perhaps a certain event, and we would then consider a mode of travel. And now the first thing I consider is what are the restrictions in that place that I'm going to? What are the state mandates and requirements? How hard are they enforcing the mask issue? Are they actually going to demand a vaccine passport for me to enter restaurants, or a theater, or any such form of public entertainment? 
I really love to travel, but I do not like these new planning considerations. I'll be honest with you. And I will state firmly that I will never again fly by public airlines as long as a mask mandate is in place. Given that I travel a fair bit, that means I'm going to put a lot of uh, road mileage on my car. But I refuse to participate in the criminality that is being shoved down our throats by our government. If you were actually asked, do you think life in America in 2022 is going to get better or is it going to get worse? You know, we we do have an election, a midterm election coming up next year, at the end of next year, on November 8th, as I recall, and it could end with a real bang due to that midterm election. But, you know, what kind of bang is this going to be? Who's going to win? Is voter fraud going to be a problem in this election, or will that have been resolved? We have no idea. Frankly, Very few Americans have any confidence in anything pertaining to our government, which is just riddled with a bunch of corrupt and evil actors. When we talk of division in America, by the way, what do we exactly mean by the word division? Is it the government against the people? Well, I don't see how you could call it anything but that. Yes, it definitely is the government against the people. We have a so-called Democrat Party that is very much acting like a dictatorship, a Marxist or communist even dictatorship. That's where it's going. We know that Biden's puppeteer, whoever he is, is still pushing for forced COVID vaccinations. And this, despite the fact that our Supreme Court decided that this was an unconstitutional move. And what does Biden say? Tough luck, folks. Do what I say. Ignore what the Supreme Court has to say. This is the kind of country we now live in. A court decision declaring an unconstitutional act is completely ignored and brushed aside by the executive branch of our federal government. That is serious stuff. That has some very dire consequences. And what are we seeing? We are seeing, as I and perhaps many others have predicted, that government oppression is escalating every single day, and it will continue to worsen at least through the 2024 election. Well, what other division do we have in America? Are American citizens divided against themselves, one against the other, kind of like the North and the South in the days of our Civil War? Well, I think you'd have to answer yes to that as well. I mean, we do have division between Republicans versus Democrats. We now have a division that is pretty strong between the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. And that's getting worse thanks to all of the deception and censorship and the blinding of the people to the real truth of science. We have 
the division of people in America, or according to those who insist that we must wear masks and those who insist with that we should not wear masks. And both sides take it pretty seriously. For the most part, there are some people that don't really care. They just play the game. But there is division based on that ultimate symbol of submission to our rogue government faction. And I will have no part of that. And that is exactly why I refuse to fly on any public airlines or get on any public transportation. That symbol of submission is enslavement. We have to call it what it is. But I think the divisions in among the American population um, also entail certain other areas. We even see a division that is stronger than ever um, when you consider Christians versus non-Christians. And dig a little deeper and you'll find that many Christians oppose other Christians. There's been a division in the church. And I would suggest that this is more of a division between the sheep and the goats or the genuine Christians and the make-believe fake Christians. And there are many of them. And I'm not just talking about a little bit of hypocrisy or delusionment among some Christians, but there are some people who claim to be Christian and they know nothing about what they are really saying because primarily of biblical illiteracy. And that has become an endemic problem in the United States and perhaps a pandemic problem globally. Pop Christianity rules in America, and that is a serious problem, and it does divide the Christian community. That is the sole purpose for me writing my book, Unity Without Compromise, a biblical basis for Christian union, because you cannot have a Christian united body if you do not adhere to a Christian standard, the Bible, with integrity. It's as simple as that. And that takes a lot of humility to achieve integrity in Bible interpretation. But the division doesn't stop there. We have patriots versus the very complacent majority. And that bothers me greatly. The United States population is kind of now like a sandwich with one slice of bread actually being the devout constitutional patriots. You know, the ones who would absolutely take up arms and defend our nation should the need arise. And then the other slice of bread being the sworn devout anti-American leftists who would be rejoicing if America collapsed. And what do you have in between those two slices of bread? In between, what you have is the greatest bulk of the sandwich consisting of a huge, thick heap of marshmallows. And that bothers me too. That is what we have in America right now. So we have all kinds of division. And because of all these things, I think that if we were to speak about reality in America, we would be very hard pressed to call ourselves the United States of America. We are not. We are most certainly a divided states of America at this time in our history.
the polarization of Americans right now is like a sliced pizza on the pan. All the pieces are on the pan, but none of the pieces are connected. And we as Americans are completely disjointed to the point that we perhaps don't even know what we believe or what we should stand for or what we should resist. Many people, the people between the two slices, seem to be very confused, very calloused, and very unconcerned about what is happening in our nation. They think that everything will be fine if we simply ignore what we see happening. Now, if that doesn't bother you, um, you're probably in the middle of the sandwich. And I most certainly am not okay with this. We are a nation with an identity crisis. We are in crisis and we are being attacked from within and without by enemies who desire to end everything that we as a nation have esteemed for well over 200 years now. That bothers me greatly. It makes me ask the question, what in the world are we in for in the year 2022? Does anybody have any idea, any good prognosticators out there? Will our country continue to crumble as it has since Biden was wretchedly installed as president? This is a horrible thing to have to ponder as we close out the first year as a nation ruled by an unelected dictator. It's hard to even think about, hard to comprehend. We actually have a president declared whose mind is so demented and so warped and evil that he must be run by some other entity quite possibly imposter Obama and his entourage of freedom eaters. Well, this has all gotten me to thinking. It's a very grim outlook, but I think that we need to think about it. And there's never a better time, in my opinion, than coming to the close of a year. I like to reflect. I like to think back on what we have been through in the last year so that maybe we can consider where we want to go and where we should go. I see our great nation right now as a strong reflection of Rome. The Roman Empire actually declined and eventually collapsed under its own weight because of their own sin. They became obsessed with sex and with alcohol and drugs, if you will. They became obsessed with power and they lost sight of the elementary principles that make us a civilized society. And who can deny that that is exactly what is now happening in America? It has been a very depressing year for pretty much the whole world. And as an American, I can't help but feel that we have stumbled and we have dropped the torch that provided light to our very dark world. But I'll be darned if I'm going to give up hope. We must never, never fail in pursuing justice and righteousness.
but still, I think reflection is good. And if we're going to reflect, as I'd like to do for just a few minutes, please try not to get depressed. You can choose to be an optimist and see the glass as being half full. And I do choose that despite an overwhelming onslaught of negative events that have jaded my homeland, like, for example, our crashed economy and our rampant inflation that continues to skyrocket. In the last year, we have seen a continuation of a horrible assault on our children. They are trying to destroy them with harmful vaccines now, vaccines that are very risky and potentially lethal and that will kill many children. They are controlling and destroying our children by forcing them to be masked in school. And that's wrong. Did you see the picture of Jill Biden reading to all the little children sitting down with their masks on their faces? And Jill herself was wearing no mask. This is child abuse. This is oppression. Our installed first lady is setting an extremely poor example. But what would you expect under the circumstances? Yes, looking back, we see that our economy has definitely crashed. And we have seen other abuses, such as critical race theory. Again, another assault on our children. We have a very shoddy education system. And parents are being told that they have no say in what is taught to their children. That's how far down the slope we have gone. We have seen divided families that further harms and destroys children. And the child sex trafficking industry has been just overwhelmingly revealed initially by President Trump. And now we are facing the Ghislaine Maxwell trial and what will come of that. She has a leftist Marxist judge, Allison J. Nathan, who has been appointed to the district court initially by Obama. She is openly LGBTQ. What does that mean? Well, we'll soon find out. And Maxwell's lead prosecutor is James Comey's daughter. Now, isn't that comforting? Will we see more division and more corruption in our courts? That remains to be seen, hopefully, in the very near future, although this trial may go on for weeks. But it's not been a good year in 2021. We've also seen a great weakening of our military strength through a systematic intentional purging of our good soldiers and an attempt to replace them by recruiting these gutless, spineless, heartless, wimpy children who have never grown up, but who will blindly submit to this corrupt government of ours. I find it disgusting and frankly, very depressing. We continue to have more small businesses being destroyed by these ruthless mandates, by higher taxes, and 
increasing, ever-increasing government oppression. I'm tired of it. We now have fewer police officers and law enforcement officers uh, of all kinds and fire department um, workers. They, they've been defunded. They have been ostracized, criminalized simply because they won't take a vaccine. And therefore, we have more crime. Therefore, your community and my community is less safe. And look at all the looting and stealing and lawlessness that is going on, particularly in the blue cities, where we have lost the most of our peacekeepers. We now have impotent foreign policy strategies that strengthen our enemies and weaken our own nation. You can't feel good about Joe Biden speaking on behalf of the United States of America. It's a joke, and the whole world knows it. And so we are declining in the image of our fellow nations that are, have been our allies for many, many years. We now also have open borders that have allowed countless millions of criminals in our country, people who are robbing us of our own hard-earned wealth, and yet they are being funded abundantly by our evil government. This is an atrocity. And what lies ahead? Well, definitely more threats of lockdowns. We have threats of coming vaccine passports. You can count on increased travel restrictions because of new variants of coronavirus, which is, by the way, the norm in the natural world. This is a truth of science that is being greatly hidden from all of us. Yeah, I guess you'd have to say it's a pretty depressing picture. But we do need to think about these things. We need to see how far we have fallen into slavery because of our national apathy. That's what's really getting us. And our loss of respect for our own heritage, which is no longer even being taught to our children. No longer can we call America the land of the free or the home of the brave. Forget it. That does not define America any longer. We have allowed ourselves to be overrun by leaders who know only evil, and they do it very well, folks. We are an oppressed nation, but it could get worse, and it likely will get worse. We have allowed ourselves to be overrun because primarily of our complacency. We have been overrun for a whole number of reasons, we need to dwell on the disparaging fact that really what's happening is our nation is collapsing. And perhaps we ought to weep about that, but we should never lose faith. However depressing this picture, if we can now see how far we have fallen into slavery because of our national apathy, then maybe we can do something about it. We do need to mourn all those Americans who have been killed. 
by illegals, for example, who have been pillaging our land with free license, without accountability, because of a government that encourages their intrusion into our country. We need to mourn those Americans who have been killed by terrorist organizations like BLM and Antifa. We need to mourn Americans who have even been killed by our own doctors in hospitals, physicians who didn't care one way or another whether your family member or friend lived or died as they withheld treatment or gave them a deadly treatment such as remdesivir in the presumptive attempt to treat a virus that is man-made and that is easily treatable early on. We need to mourn all those Americans who have been killed by a system ironically called healthcare that has been injecting so many victims with poison. Some willingly, some under duress, some by deception perhaps, and some who were given absolutely no choice. Young children who were at the mercy of their blind and ignorant parents. This is really a depressing picture. It's a sad state of affairs, but we really need to think about it, dwell on it, grieve it, mourn for those who have suffered and died because of it, and then perhaps decide to take an action. I'm going to take a little break and then return to talk more about what it means to be a divided states of America. Fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Now, you were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list, and they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, 
and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I hope you will listen to my show, which airs, by the way, at 12 and 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and then it goes to podcast on Monday. I also submit weekly articles for your review, and these are readily available at AmericaOutloud.com. Don't forget, I also did write a book, Unity Without Compromise, A Biblical Basis for Christian Union. In this book, I discuss the ingredients that are essential to Christian unity, and that is based on sound Bible interpretation, which actually is my soapbox. Well, I've been talking today about sobering thoughts on a divided states of America, and that is definitely what we seem to be experiencing at this time in our nation. And as we come to the end of this year, I tend to want to rejoice because it's been a year of hell, a year of change all for the negative. We have seen the death of many of our people as a direct result of our government's ill response to this man-made pandemic and we have suffered under the tyranny of an unelected president of the United States for the first time in American history. This does have consequences. How many times in the last year have you actually felt yourself overwhelmed or anxious? How many times have you been worried about all that you see happening in America? Doesn't it tend to make you feel helpless? Or do you actually care? Do you care enough to do something? That's the important question. Some of you have been fighting very hard in the battle for America. How often have you considered taking the easy way out to stop fighting, to just surrender and say, oh, there's nothing we can do about it anyway? After all, I mean, you could easily justify it, couldn't you? America truly has fallen from grace. We have rejected God as a nation and we have rejected his ways. It is a sad truth that we cannot deny. We have been worshiping the idols of comfort and convenience, and we have idolized the sloth. Or we could justify it by just saying that we were trying to be agreeable. We just wanted to comply to do the right thing by obeying our government, which only proves that we no longer have any standard of right or wrong to go by. Because if you are trying to do the right thing by being agreeable with this divisive, factious, communist government that is now ruling us, you have no standard, or at least no good standard. Let me just say it plainly. We have to come to terms with the truth. We might even neglect our Christian duty by saying, oh, God's in control. Let him deal with it, right? This is not my problem. Too big for me. I don't want to get involved. Well, maybe we're getting what we deserve, some would say, because of our laxity, because of our callousness and our comfort. But something 
inside of me just says that I must keep fighting. And I know that there are patriots out there who are saying exactly the same thing. But what exactly are we fighting for? We have to understand, who am I fighting? And where are my fellow warriors? Not warriors, warriors. Is asking these questions just looking for another way out? We have to understand that there is no justification for complacency and for allowing our nation to further fall. You remember the Civil War was a fight against slavery, and it was also a fight very distinctly for the preservation of the Union. And why was this unity of the states so critical? Because for one thing, most of the industry was in the north and the farming was predominantly in the south. And there was a meshing of the north and the south. They were mutually dependent on each other to thrive for economic reasons and also for military reasons and for a whole bunch of other reasons. And it's something that we don't tend to think about sometimes. Did you know that today, according to one source, 75% of the states have secession ordinances under consideration. I have not confirmed that statement. I don't know the truth of it, but we have seen recent secession movements in the United States by a number of states. For one, Texas, as well as California and Virginia, and recently in Oregon. So far, all of these secession attempts have failed. But the more divided we become as a nation, the greater will be these efforts. You can count on it. What is now motivating secession of states? Well, we have massive voter fraud that has not been resolved based on the 2020 election. We have still not remedied anything to to ensure voter integrity, not by the state or federal legislatures, not by the intelligence agencies such as the FBI and CIA, and also not by the Supreme Court. This problem has not been dealt with yet, and it absolutely must be dealt with. Otherwise, we are in trouble. Our so-called president-elect supports major restrictions on the First and Second Amendment. I suppose that is most likely the number one motivation for most states in our union to want to secede. If we have no First and Second Amendment, we have no government. We have no guarantee whatsoever that our constitution will withstand the barrage that it is now facing. We have a president-elect who is also granting amnesty to some 20 million illegal immigrants, and that number is going up daily. We have had talks of packing the Supreme Court to ensure that the Supreme Court sides with the executive branch of this corrupt government. And if they are successful, there would never again be high officials who would ever be elected by the people. Never, never again. That is not a free republic. 
Secessionists want no part in a dictatorship. And that's basically what we are now facing. But is secession a solution to the problems? Well, if we took a modern look at what the divided states of America might look like, I mean, if we truly did have states that seceded one from another or from the Great Union, well, it would be divided by blue and red states, most likely. Would there be a blue West Coast and East Coast pact? Because we know that the West Coast is blue. We know that the northeastern part of the, the eastern coast is blue. What would it look like? Would we have a new constitution? What would the new governments set up in those, in those new nations be? Would, we would have to come up with new foreign trade agreements. There would be travel and transportation restrictions. I mean, it's very hard to conceive of this until it really were to happen. But I can just imagine that everything would drastically change. We would probably encounter the same thing that the European nations now face. And there would be division and even more conflict perhaps than we have right now. Imagine what it would be like trying to even relocate uh, all of the right-wingers and left-wingers who support their side. It's a very impractical thing. A lot of people right now in America are moving to conservative states or perhaps to liberal states because of what is taking place, because of the great divide among the people. This has consequences. It can destroy families. It can uproot people's businesses, cause people to shut down. It can break relationships. There's a lot of emotional trauma actually resulting from people relocating. And if we were to have a secession of states, I think that this could potentially be very devastating, despite the appeal on both sides. Don't get me wrong. I live in Oregon, and I'm a conservative. I have a problem with that. I am in the minority, or at least in the, um, the verbal minority, because we are so oppressed by our Marxist governor, by senators who are buying into the corruption. I don't like living in Oregon for this reason, despite the fact that I love the countryside of Oregon. It suits me very well. I'm very happy in the rain and fog, kind of unusual in that way, but that is my choice. Would I move to another state that is more conservative? Let me tell you, the temptation is great. It is very great, but there are consequences to this strategy of moving. If we really did divide, think of other things that would change. Our military strength would be greatly weakened. And if we don't have a country that can strongly defend itself in a unified way, then a foreign invasion of Northern America, of the entire North American continent uh, would be much more likely than ever, wouldn't it? Both sides could actually lose everything in the process of dividing. And then what? Because there's no going back. It would be too late to unite the 50 states again. Both sides could lose everything. And so a broken union 
would never really afford the strength of the United States of America that we now enjoy, even though we are so divided. Competing industries would mean we would have reduced profits and less bargaining power overall, especially on the global market. Would we have trade tariffs uh, between the states? And these could create trade wars, and that means higher prices for goods. The shifting military burdens to defend our coastlines would put a strain more on the coastal states. And that means that we would have strained military alliances, even with our allied forces, our allied countries, because we would be less dependable to support and defend them. In summary, we really do have a lot to lose if we don't remain the United States of America. That should concern every one of us. Recording in progress. I guess you could almost equate it to a marriage. You know, if you got a marriage that is struggling, it's really worth trying to salvage that marriage, especially for the sake of children and for the sake of the union. When, when you have a commitment and make a commitment to each other, um, you cannot possibly foresee all the problems that will arise because of the woes of life, the, the vicissitudes that uh, come into our lives that bring about very challenging times. We have no promise of an easy life uh, on this side of glory. And we just have to accept that fact. And it is almost always much better to try and resolve conflict in a marriage so that you can retain the union and all of the benefits associated with that union. If you take a marriage lightly and you do not water the garden regularly, so to speak, and fertilize the soil, then the garden becomes weak and limp and does not produce good fruit. And this is what we're seeing actually in America. When I used to watch some of the rallies by President Trump, I actually loved it when I would hear the chant, USA, USA, USA that conveys unity. When we chant USA, we are saying, I am committed to you, my fellow American, with, with no exceptions. It's a form of a, an unconditional love, a great regard for you as my neighbor, my fellow American. And when I say USA, I mean that there is nothing that can come between us, not race, not, not even religious beliefs, not any sort of a division could cause me to want to divide from you, except perhaps if you are an enemy. And that's a hard call to make. But I do know this, that a divided states of America through secession is probably not a good idea. It is a short-sighted solution to a very long-term problem. Here's a very sobering thought for every one of us to ponder. America is perhaps not 
as great as we'd like to think we are. But we once were a great nation. Things have changed. They have really changed a lot. It's a hard thing for me to say because we actually could choose to become great again. There's no doubt about that. And uh, our President Trump absolutely uh, rode that platform stating that we will make America great again. And regardless of what you think about President Trump, he was a man who at least spoke about salvaging the rights of Christians about celebrating Christmas, about doing things that are associated with being American, which is really comprised of a lot of goodwill when you really think about it. What other country besides America does as many good things for other countries and for the hurting people of the world than the United States of America? We have been a very, very good nation. And that goodness of the American nation made us great. It really did. And so it's a very hard thing for me to say that we could, that we have lost that greatness, but in fact, we really have right now, but the potential is still there. But being a great nation does have its prerequisites, and we have to acknowledge that. Prerequisites such as integrity and humility and an actual willingness to sacrifice to preserve the freedoms that we have been given. And a great nation must have a genuine devotion to the daily practice of a Christian standard. A lot of you struggle with that one. A lot of you don't believe that. It doesn't require perfection. I'm not talking about perfection, but I am talking about a commitment to a standard that will not fail us. It doesn't matter to me what religion you are other than I believe that Christianity is the answer to achieving eternal life and to achieving peace and goodwill on earth. And we cannot achieve law and order without a proper standard of right. And the definition of right cannot be arbitrary. It can, cannot be subjected to the whims of mankind. We are too unstable as human beings, too flawed. We need a higher standard. And if we follow a higher standard, a true standard that will not fail us, we will be a great nation again. America has never really been a perfect nation. I mean, even though I say that we were once a great nation, we are often reminded of our imperfection by those from the past who have actually had some pretty keen insight. For example, Mark Twain, I believe it was in 1900 at about age 65, Mark Twain, who is that great American storyteller and writer, said, I bring you the stately matron named Christendom, returning bedraggled, besmirched, and dishonored from pirate raids in Chow, Manchuria, South Africa, and the Philippines, with her soul full of meanness, her pockets full of boodle, and her mouth full of pious hypocrisies. Now, if you knew what was going on in the 1900s, early 1900s in America, it was a very dark time. There was a lot of oppression, a lot of injustice, a lot of people who were 
actually being traded, treated as slaves uh, as the Industrial Revolution was taking place. And many, many people suffered and died as a result of it. And so we have to acknowledge that Mark Twain was right in his assessment of what was done in the name of Christendom. But that is not Christianity, not real Christianity. It's a sad testimony to the fact that um, America as a fighting force even has not always had the noblest intentions in flexing its muscles at times in history. And being that I am retired Air Force, I have some personal experiences with that. And even in modern times, I can say that I've not always been proud of all that America has done. You see, wars generally come from selfishness and greed at the national level. And any war that is fought, fought for greed is an unholy war, it is an unrighteous war, and it doesn't matter who initiates the war. If it is not for the cause of alleviating human suffering, then it is not a just war. But if it is toward that end, then it is fully justified. And so says God. If we are ever going to be willing to fight in earnest for a free constitutional republic, we first have to realize that capitalism run amok is actually no less evil than the misguided ideals of a socialist guild. And we know that socialism is repeatedly a failed experiment. And so is communism. But both socialists and capitalists can claim its victims of poverty, of poor health, and of actual bitterness of the soul if we are not guided by a righteous standard. The fact is that any individual who's walking on God's green earth today, or perhaps at any time, who stakes a claim on anything more than living a peaceable and a simple life is at risk of oppressing and harming his fellow man. And we must all guard against this. It is our human nature to want to take, to want to build ourselves up, to want to promote what is in our interest. Both as an individual and as a nation, we have to guard ourselves against greed and against a desire to oppress other people. So many people, as they go through their training to, and before they enter a profession, they seek to reach the top of the ladder, and they do that by stepping on a lot of people. And God says, don't do that. That is not the right way to do things. And regardless of what political system you embrace, it is both the attitude of your heart and the actions of your will that will either accuse you or else excuse you before our mighty God when he judges each one of us on that final day. Now, if we are living by that standard and keep that fact in mind, we are humbled and we were, are much more apt to live by a righteous standard that will actually make America great. Unity as a nation 
consisting of imperfect human beings will always entail some degree of compromise. Not that it should. I'm just stating a fact here. It will happen. But we have to realize that unity without compromise must forever be our goal. And when we do strive for it, we come much closer to actually achieving it. And the only way that we can not compromise, in my humble opinion, is to know God. And that comes from knowing the Bible and interpreting it correctly. Well, we are certainly at a time of reflection. I'm sure you feel as I do that 2021 has been a very challenging year. Now, frankly, I think that the year 2022 is going to be even more challenging. As I have stated previously, I do believe that the tyranny caused by our government will continue to escalate because they are godless, because they are not living by a standard, because they have rejected our constitution that is based on a biblical standard, was inspired by writers who held to a belief that God has endowed man with inalienable rights. We now live at a time when the divided states of America is actually a real, cold, hard, threatening reality. We must understand this fact. We will never have unity in our nation if we fail to appeal to a higher standard than ourselves. It doesn't matter what we attempt to do. This fact was very well understood by our founding fathers and by all of America's greatest leaders who saw fit to declare the power of the great giver who so graciously shed his grace on thee, America. These men were so intent in bringing this fact to mind that they printed on our currency, in God we trust. If those words carry no weight with you, you being the majority of the American people, then our freedom is gone for good. As we let go of the standard that made America great, America will follow follow completely in the path of Rome, and we will continue to decline until we are no more. We must understand that the law of liberty is actually the law of the new covenant or the new Testament in the Bible. And the truths that we hold to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that comes straight out of the Bible. I hope that you might give that some thought. As we are ending this year, open the Bible, read it, and see for yourself. Because otherwise, America is surely a lost cause. I'm not giving up hope by any means. 
I intend to fight this fight to the very end, come hell or high water. And I do hope that any of you who have been straddling the fence will think again, because there is very much at stake right now as we are about to close this year. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise with your host, Dr. Steve LaTulip. I would encourage you this week to please live like a real Christian, like a real American, and keep the faith in Jesus Christ. And you don't have, if you don't have that faith, please find it. Do your best, and I'll see you next week. Adieu.